that's more like it. <laughs> hey, there's our audience. Oh my god, fake audience. Woo! Hello, everybody, and welcome to a another episode of What is Past is Prologue. I'm the past. And I'm the prologue. And we've got something um, you know, a little unusual, a little maybe off of our normal beaten path to talk about today. We say that like we keep to our beaten path as we set it as it, as it goes anyway. Yeah, yeah, but I mean... This no, is, I, I uh, get what you mean, though. So, um, today we're going to talk about a... Uh, a trip that we just finished. Uh, we went to St. Louis, Missouri, to Bush Stadium, and for those of you uneducated, that's where the St. Louis Cardinals play. That's their baseball team. Correct, and um, we're big St. Louis fans in this house. Yes, specifically hockey. Yeah, we, we've grown out of the baseball scene over the years. More hockey now. Yeah, yeah, but uh, so the the purpose of this trip though was to see a a concert. Yes, uh, the uh, whole stadium tour, as it were. Yes, so the stadium tour included uh, the acts of Joan Jett, Sands Blackhearts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, still, worth it just to see Joan Jett, honestly. And then we had Poison, Def Leppard, and Motley Crue. Yeah. And this stadium tour was supposed to have taken place in 2020. Yes, and we've had the tickets for two and a half years because yeah, we yeah. got them before... We, did we get them like the year before or did we just, did we get them early 2020 and then get shafted? I think that we got them early 2020 and got shafted. Okay. Uh, although, you know what, now that I think about it, maybe. Maybe it was late 19. No, because the tickets were labeled 2020, right? Uh, had a 2020 I, well, well date I mean, they, w- they would have had a 2020 date because it was a 2020 concert. I don't know if that's when we bought them. I didn't get, I didn't pay yeah. attention. I don't, so your mom bought the tickets that, uh, or, um, and actually did a pretty decent job of it, even though she forgot that she bought them. I mean, my name was on them, <laughs> even though I didn't buy them, but you know. Uh, uh, small miracle. Small, small miracle. That we, uh, that we actually got to go anyway. So anyway, the concert was delayed for two years, but we finally did get to go. And holy shit, it was freaking hot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we decided to go in July and July and August are the worst months of the year in the Midwest because it's so damn hot. Uh, it was 103 degrees when we sat our ass in those chairs. That's right. 103 degrees at 4.30 in the afternoon. That's when the concert started. Yes. It ended at 11 o'clock at night when it had fallen to a chilly 89 degrees. 88. It got down to 88. Oh, did it? Oh, it so was I 80, missed one. It was 88 by the time okay. we Okay, yeah. Call and me a liar for one degree. I, I, I mean, <laughs> hey, that one degree mattered, okay? We were sitting there for six hours. We were cooking. That, Although, in fairness, uh, we were in the shade because we were on the lower loge level. But the there were people out in that infield and across the stadium from us. That I were think they all the actually died. I think oh, I don't think that... They actually existed after the concert. I think it was just their ghosts that I, left the stadium. I literally drank over a gallon of water and soda while we were there. Yeah. And did not pee. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was something. I mean, me neither. I didn't pee till we got back to the hotel, but for a partially different reason. Um, but that's that was just way, way too hot. Yeah. And uh, I heard that uh, Carlos Santana collapsed from heat like yesterday at a concert. Oh, I believe it. If it's as hot as there as it was, I'm surprised none of our acts, no one 
especially some of the instrumental players who were just standing there. Uh, I, oh, God, I, I don't know if it was during Joan Jett's act or uh, Poison's act. I'm like, they keep switching guitars. I'm like, I wonder if their hands get too sweaty. Like, if they need, if they got to, like, wipe off their hands and be like, give me a new guitar. This one's covered in my sweat. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but, yeah. So, definitely the heat was the story of the day. Uh, but um, it was a good concert. It really was. Uh, probably the best one I've been to, actually. Although, again, my concert pool is fairly limited, all things considered. All things considered, but uh, um, so you you actually liked it better than two cellos. Well, I mean, I've seen two cellos twice, and there are definitely aspects of two cellos that I enjoy more because, uh, first off, I just get to sit closer to the stage when I see a two cellos concert because mm, yeah, it's it's a two cellos concert, and uh, they they just put on they do put on a really good show. But I, I'm I'm really into like the hardcore rock concert vibe. Uh, I was surprised actually. Maybe it's just because it was so hot and everyone was more focused on the heat than anything else. But like, I was fully expecting more weed smell, and it didn't really ever come. Yeah. Like I was full. Like especially by the time we got to Death Leopard, I'm like, all right, the weed's got to be coming. Like, <laughs> where's it at? And it really didn't ever show up. But uh, no, I really like the like the rock concert vibe. And even though Two Chellos tries to get that, it's not quite the same. So a few some years back, I, I can't say a few necessarily anymore. We went and saw ACDC up at Wrigley Field in Chicago. I mean, I suppose 2015. You can say a few. And uh, it was like. Bob's band that opened for him. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember who opened for that. It actually. was a local act of some kind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't bad, but they weren't. I, I was like, why are they opening for ACDC? Right. And, but ACDC was a good show. Yes, yes, Angus they were. never stops moving. Oh, God, no. Uh, I think if he stops moving, he'll just die. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, fair. <laughs> so, um, so that was a good concert. Had a lot of fun there. Uh, this one was, this one was pretty good, though. So, uh, a little history. I have seen... Def Leppard in the eighties when they did their hysteria tour saw it twice. Yeah. One of them, the first time I saw them was one of the best concerts I ever saw. And I'll get into that in a second. But, uh, second time was still good. Not as good as the first one. Same tour though. Mm. And I've also seen Motley Crue before, uh, before Vince Neil, uh, bloated up and started talking like Mike Tyson. I mean, that's fair. And so uh, that was their uh, Dr. Feelgood tour. Had the worst seats I have ever had at a concert at that at that show. Yeah. Faster Pussycat opened for them. Um, Tesla and L.A. Guns opened for um, Def Leppard the two times I saw them. That's not a bad show either way. Yeah, they were, they were both really good shows. Tesla was probably better than L.A. Guns. Oh, oh I believe that. I mean, um, L.A. Guns are good, but I still think I'd rather see Tesla. So uh, so anyway, I had seen them. I had not seen Joan Jett. I had not seen Poison. Well, you told and me you hadn't seen Poison. Yeah. That's, I, I understand you not having seen Joan Jett as much as we like Joan Jett in this house, but I was surprised when you told me you'd never seen Poison in yeah. concert. Poison was uh, one of my favorite glam bands, and I, um, I just never got around to seeing them, so... Um, but anyway, uh, so it was your first time seeing all four of the acts, yes, my yes. first time seeing two of them. So we can talk a little bit about different perspectives from at least two of the acts. So, um, the lineup actually, uh, Joan Jett always, I guess is opening and then Poison is always following Joan Jett. And then I guess, uh, one of the people that we were sitting near said that, uh, Death Leopard and Motley Crue were alternating closing because I think it's really their concert. Like it, like the big, like they're the big draws. Like people sure, sure. are coming to see yeah. Death Leopard and they're coming to see Motley Crue, and they know it. And they're just like, "Hey, these are two other cool bands that we like. You want to come tour with us?" And they're like, "Hell yes!" Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so. Um, so and, and once again, four thirty in the afternoon. 
11 o'clock at night. I think it was maybe like 5 till 11 when they took their bow. And, and we, we sure didn't leave. Uh, until, we sure didn't get back in the parking garage until 11.15. So. Right. And and didn't get back to our hotel until after 2, right? Yeah. Well, we stopped to eat. So that, yeah. that we should clarify that right. we didn't take us. <laughs> well, actually, we stopped to eat twice. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> we should clarify it did not take us two and a half hours to get back to our hotel from the concert because of traffic. It, okay. was, it was so, our own fault. Great trip down to St. Louis. Uh, no, no construction. Surprisingly. Yeah, really, How did we pull that off? Went really, went really well. Um, your uh, younger sister had a great idea for going to because we love emos pizza in this house and can't get it unless we go down to st louis so we went down and we were going to eat at the emos in collinsville but we ended up going to one that was four blocks from the stadium or something yeah roughly and that was a good call because we missed the rush hour traffic yeah and also, we were in Bob's neighborhood, so I think even if the rush hour traffic was there, we still probably would have been fine getting to the stadium. And the and the guy that was that waited on us at Emos was a big metalhead. Yeah, he big was Motley Crue fan. Yeah, he he uh, he knew a lot about the show and uh, and said, "Yeah, I was going to go to this show, but you know, it's 103 degrees." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man stayed in the air conditioning with his pizza, and I respect him. Uh, okay. Also, uh, peppers on Emo's pizza. Enjoyed that. Oh, oh so, good. Yeah. Glad that was a hit. That was, that was a hit. Um, okay. So anyway, we stopped and ate beforehand. Then we went to the concert. And, uh, so let's talk about the first act. So Joan Jett came out and did her thing. Obviously she has lost a step. Let's face it. All of these acts are aging, right? Yeah. No, so, none of them are going to be the way they were in the eighties and nineties. But, um, but on a, on a 10 scale, um, uh, just overall enjoyment. Um, how did you like Joan Jett? Um, I think up until her last two songs, I probably would have said a seven, but I think by the time, uh, her like we were like the crowd was finally there we were all finally kind of getting into it and she was starting to sing the songs that like everybody knew like i i think by the end of it i was i was willing to give her an eight also i would like to give joan jett the superlative award of song of hers i either a didn't know or b didn't remember that well because full disclosure i may have heard the song before and just forgot uh the a song of theirs i'd never heard before that i really liked the most uh her song fake friends yeah, i liked that one a that, lot that was actually really good that was a really good song and and uh the was it the keyboardist that introduced it and said how you know when they were on top they had a ton of friends and then when, after time had gone by they found out they had no friends yeah 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 and so they they, they wrote, wrote a song, song about it yeah, they wrote a song <laughs> it was a good song about, and it was a good song and so I'm not giving Joan Jett an eight. That's fair. I am giving Joan Jett a solid seven. That yeah, I was gonna say up until the last two songs, she was a pretty solid seven for me. But by the t- by the end of it, I was like, yeah, no, that's fair. So so what that says to me though is that even at her age, having lost some of her voice, she still put on a pretty decent show, and she still sounds like Joan Jett. Yes, now she can't hit some of the notes. Oh yeah, but still, but, but, but it, it, still was, like, it was really good. Like if you blindfolded me and asked me who was singing right now, I would have been able to tell you that's Joan Jett. Yeah, and uh, and then she uh, of course has a great catalog, you know. Um, so uh, favorite song out of her set? Oh, hate myself for loving you. Uh, yeah. She, <laughs> I really enjoyed that one. I was. I don't know why I was worried she wasn't going to perform it because obviously she was going to, but I was like, I got to hear that one live. Uh, I that knew was, she was good gonna, live. I knew she was going to do I Love Rock and Roll and like Crimson and Clover and all that. Crimson and Clo- Her version of Crimson and Clover I like. Yeah. Probably my favorite version. Well, I mean, yeah, that's fair. So, um, 
okay, um, bad reputation. Yeah, that's my God, favorite. That's a classic. It's so good, and and that was probably the song that I felt like she had the highest energy level on. Yeah, and that's one of the two songs near the end that she sang that brought her up to an eight for me because, like I said, by then everyone was just into it, and obviously you can tell she enjoys the song. And- yeah, and so. Um, I don't, how long do you think she performed? Um, an hour, maybe an hour, maybe like may, maybe like fifty minutes. Yeah, like she was like as long as like an episode of cable TV with commercials. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, and then there was set up in between. Uh, so now is a good because t- it was still basically light outside. I forgot my, I did not forget my sunglasses. I left my sunglasses at the hotel, so I couldn't. See, the glare was killing me. I couldn't see the stage part of the time. Um, and so you loaned me your sunglasses for a while, but, uh, I still couldn't, you know, you couldn't see the monitors because of the ambient light. And, oh, for sure. But it, it was, uh, anyway, it was still good. And, but one of the things that I saw, I had never, ever, ever seen before at a concert. They had three people all in black. Oh my God. Out in the sun in this little roped off area. And when I first had it pointed out to me. It was like they were just dancing and like completely just gyrating and moving all their all of their arms and legs around and everything. And I'm like, man, those people are really into this. And then I realized, hey, they're in a little roped off area. Hey, there's a teleprompter there. There they, they were, were ASL signing, interpreters. Yeah, they were signing to a little a small. I don't know, maybe two dozen people. Yeah, that was uh, and. It was it was actually pretty cool to see, and they were all there the entire show. All yes. they they switched out people. They had three. They had to because it was so damn hot. But uh, for the entire six hours, no matter what song came on, there was an ASL interpreter jamming out and making sure yep. the deaf people understood. Yep. Uh, the only time they weren't standing up in front of them was when they were doing changeovers. Yep. So, um. So anyway, then uh, it switched over to Poison. And, um, I don't know what's, uh, what ails Brett Michaels other than some diabetes. Uh, but evidently he's had something going on for quite some time that makes him rather ill. When he came out and talked to the audience, he mentioned how he'd been on an IV for two days and he was having a really good day and man, he put on a good show. Yeah. I was, I was very impressed with poison. Uh, they were better than Joan Jett. Not going to lie. Joan Jett did great, but, um, Poison was better. And one thing I really appreciated about Poison's act is that they really ramped up the energy from, like, Joan Jett's set because, like, Joan, obviously, we were still rocking out to Joan Jett and everything, but, like, Poison really got us ready for Def Leppard. I think if it had been the other way around, it would have been, like, almost like a way too dramatic a tone shift from Joan Jett to Def Leppard. No, I agree. So, and, and you're right. So... Uh, you know, Brett and CC were kind of the, you know, stars of the show. And, uh, I don't, I hear rumors that Brett wears like, uh, hair extensions. CC's shit is down below his ass. Yeah. Man, he, he had the flowing locks. Yeah. He, like heavy metal band, <laughs> glam metal band to a T that man right and, now. And I always give him shit for playing, uh, three power chords, but, um, the man can play. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, he, that's all you need him to do. He's your guy. But, you know, he did like a tribute to some of the other guitarists, including Eddie Van Halen. Yes. And tried to do a little eruption. Uh, Eddie, 
still better. I mean, yeah. But uh, but he did uh, he did really well, and you're right. Poison really upped the energy level, uh, I think, for everyone there. Oh, for sure. And also, it helped by that point that, like, the stragglers had come in, and the people who were there for, like, Death Leopard and Motley Crue, they were like, oh, I still know who Poison are. Yeah. And they're just like, all right, I'm here to jam out for a little bit. Yeah, and, and you're right. It, it did really start to fill in the stadium. I should also mention at this point... We were packed in like sardines into four seats, and our section didn't completely fill out. You and your sister were able to sit right in front of me and your mom, and we were able to spread out so that we had a little bit of room, and that was that was nice. Yeah, I'm. I but don't you think they sold out? Because there were guys out on the street asking if anybody had. So extra tickets. They probably did sell out, and then a people realized it was a hundred degrees and stayed the fuck home. B, yeah. <laughs> B, they changed their ticket to a different date, and uh, people either a just didn't know or b needed a ticket anyway. Because we knew a couple people who changed their tickets to the Chicago date that's like three days from now. Right. Yeah. Uh, but so that's coming up uh, tomorrow, I think. Yes, I Isn't think so. I, I think it's Friday. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's a lot of changeover from weather and uh, also just changing which whichever one they decided to go to. So, uh, but anyway, the stadium really did start filling out. Uh, and uh, so, uh, best song from Poison? Uh, I think uh, originally I said Every Rose Has a Thorn, but no, it was uh, nothing but a good time for me. That was... Mm. Uh, that's that's always been one of my favorites by them, and it, was, it, it really brought down the house... Uh, I don't know if it brought down the house the most of their set. Uh, I, I I think I I don't think I can uh, give it that. I think Talk Dirty to Me did did that, but Talk Dirty to Me was uh, was probably my favorite of their song. It is not my favorite Poison song. Oh God, no! But it, so it was their first big commercial studio album. I think it was called uh, Look What the Cat Dragged In. Oh, was okay. the name of the album and. So, um, it had talk dirty to me on there and, uh, a, f- a couple other hits that they played, but, um, my favorite poison song of all time is Everest has a thorn. not correct. I knew you were going to say that. I don't know the answer to that then. So, uh, that is, that is probably my, my second favorite though. You're, you're very close. I, I don't know the answer though. Same album, fallen angel. Oh, okay. And they played that. I wouldn't have guessed that. Uh, that that is my favorite Poison song. But um, the uh, yeah, Fallen Angels probably my favorite. So, uh, great story. You were young, and I mean, like young enough that uh, your mom and I were still rocking you to sleep. And every night that I would rock you, we would sing songs. And one of the songs I would always sing you is "Every Rose Has Its Thorn." And then one day we're in my truck and we're on the way to Decatur and every rose came on the radio and you just got this thunderstruck look on your face and turned around to me and you're like, dad, they're playing your song. (laughs) That was the best. I I, I believe you. I believe you that that happened. I swear to you. I I do not remember that happening. I a hundred percent believe you though. It was funny. Uh, so, uh, anyway, we, um, uh, just out, just a bit of trivia. Do you remember the other songs that we always sang? Um, I remember one had "Bridge" in the name, but I don't remember the other ones. "Bridge" was the name of it. That was oh, the okay. Queensrÿche song. Bridge. Okay. So, but I don't remember the other ones. Uh, 
so there were there was only three. So every rose, bridge, and uh, you know what? I don't remember. The, I know there was three. I can't, I can't even remember the third one. The other one is gone forever. It was a paradox. It doesn't uh, exist anymore. Uh, oh, it was Silent Lucidity, also by uh, Queensryche. You must have really been on a Queensryche kick yeah, when I was, I was. born. Yeah, uh, they were uh, They were great. Uh, okay, so uh, Poison uh, finishes up. Had a great set. Uh, overall rating? Uh, I also give them a, a higher eight than Joan Jet, like closer to a nine than a seven, but I'd still give them a solid eight. All right. I am giving them an eight. Yeah. So, uh, I, I enjoyed it more than Joan Jet, And, uh, also I think they just had a better catalog. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I, I agree with the better catalog part. I, I enjoyed their set more than Joan Jets. All right. So, uh, another setup. Finally started getting the sun to go down for us, and Def Leppard comes out. They are not closing, and it's it's going to be Motley Crue closing. And then, oh, and Poison played about the same length of time as Joan Jett, yeah, maybe a, a little, little longer, longer maybe 10 minutes the, longer. Because of CC's like solo, I guarantee it was longer. Yeah. And then, uh, so then um, Def Leppard comes out, and what'd you think? Uh, they were easily the best act we saw. I mean, like by far, they were they were undeniably impressive. They sounded like they just put out an album, and guess what? They sure did. Like, yep. oh, and they played a few cuts. They, they played a couple cuts from, and them. they were good. They were good. Yeah, like we need to listen to their new album now. Yeah, uh, it was. They were their new cuts were surprisingly good. And not that I was expecting them to be bad per se, but um. Yeah, uh, Def Leppard was uh, by far the best. Uh, they're maybe the best. Like, I would have gone just for them. Like, Def Leppard was the real yep. draw for me anyway. Yeah. I like all of the bands that we saw, but they were the big one, and I would, I'm would. i very glad I was proven right because they're the best act I've ever seen in concert. They were. So uh, this is one of the acts that – so the first two acts I had not seen in concert. I had seen them in their heyday doing Hysteria. And once again, one of the best concerts I've ever seen. I was completely blown away by their ability to freaking rock at their age. I mean, they were amazing. Yeah, they were. Uh, they were killing it. They really were. Um, you know, you you lost some of the hopping around stage energy from some of them, but uh, for the most part. So Joe Elliott's voice isn't what it was when it was younger, but he still brought it. And he still, again, he's he's like Joan Jett. He still sounds like Joe Elliott. Yes. And and the band, oh my I, God. <laughs> they're, they're crazy. Unreal. How, what does Phil Collin eat? <laughs> yeah, I, think he, I think he eats <laughs> what does he tiny eat? muscle men. Like... Like I, how do you, how does he stay in that good of shape with all the touring he does? That's unreal. I I don't, you know, uh, my the other supervisor at work, Aaron. He's like, I think I think he juices. I'm like, I don't know what he does, but I wish I did it. <laughs> I mean, if he juices, I think he must do it the right way because I feel like I people who I've seen who at, like do 100 percent juice. I feel like they're like more jacked, but they almost like look unhealthier. Like he looked like he just looked like he was fit. Like, he looked like he could have thrown everybody off that stage and just played for another, like, three hours by himself. And so here was the thing that surprised me about him the most. 
He wore a shirt the whole time. I How? How did he do it? It was so hot. <laughs> well, not just that, but it, I mean, most of them wore shirts the whole time, but, but usually but yeah, he he's, comes he's out usually, and he's shirtless. But, and, he, but he decided on this 100 degree day. No, no, no. Yeah. No. So, and it wasn't like a full on shirt. You could definitely still see, you know, the V neck and the sleeveless and that kind of thing. But man, he looks good. And you know what? Um, oh, uh, uh, Rick Savage. Yeah. He's a little blumpy. And Joe Elliott's a little blumpy, but they still look pretty good. Vivian Campbell still looks like he's in really good shape, and so does Rick Allen. Well, Rick Allen, almost by like virtue of the instrument he plays, <laughs> yeah. kind of has to be in <laughs> yeah. good shape. Basically running back there the yeah. whole time on the drums. Man so. is barefoot playing the drums in 100-degree weather with yeah. one arm. Yeah. I don't know how he's fucking doing it. Well, uh, they, but they did. They rocked. It, that was the best part of the concert. It was uh, the most fun. It was the highest energy level I think that there was. Probably, yeah. You know, all night. And Probably. so. Uh, w- one song in Motley Crue got higher. We'll talk about it later. Okay. So, um, all right. Now, so I saw them, as I mentioned before, I saw them twice during the Hysteria Tour. The first time that they did the Hysteria Tour, I saw them in Springfield, which is the capital of Illinois. And it was called Prairie Capital Convention Center. There's not a bad seat in that house. And they were playing in the round. And they played an album that was on top of the charts. It was so much fun. They came out and did an encore. And then and the place was electric. People were screaming. We were in the aisles dancing. Everybody was on their feet the entire concert. And when they finished their encore, they were done. I mean, they, hey, you know, you guys have been great. Same thing every band says ever. And it's like, you know, we're definitely coming back. But they were right that time. We were, we were a great audience. Nobody was quiet the entire time. And like I said, it was just so electric. And then <laughs> nobody would leave. They turned the spots off. They turned the sound off. The house lights came back up. Everything was done. And nobody left. I bet you they didn't get 20 people out of there. And ushers were dragging them out. Chanting and just screaming. And after maybe 15 to 20 minutes of this, the lights go back out. And the I'm surprised the roof didn't come down. It was so amazing when, and you saw Rick Allen come out on stage. You couldn't, I mean, there was no stage lights, but you know, the silhouette and one arm, right? So you knew it was him and he gets back to the stage steps and he motions and pretty soon Joe Elliott comes back on stage and you see the guys climbing the poles back up to the spotlights. They were done, done. (laughs) And so he gets a spotlight put on him. Joe, Joe Elliott takes the mic and he starts to talk and there's no sound. And then, so he's waving it around and pretty soon you hear the, you know, the sound all coming back up and his first words out of his mouth is like, you motherfuckers aren't leaving, are you? <laughs> and so the, everybody's screaming and he goes, just so you know, this is the first time in the history of Def Leppard that we've come out for two encores. We don't have anything to play. What do you motherfuckers want to hear? So people are screaming stuff to him and screaming stuff to him. He goes, all right, all right, I tell you what. One of the biggest influences on our band was Led Zeppelin. You guys want to hear some Zeppelin tunes? And of course we did. 
they stood out there or sat out there bottles of Jack Daniels by most of them just feet hanging off the stage and they just jammed Zeppelin tunes for almost another half hour and people ate that shit up and and every once in a while you'd hear a guitar cut out and you'd look over and somebody would have quit playing their guitar so they could drink some Jack set it back down and then come (laughs) right back in it was really really cool that was a great concert um the Def Leppard we saw a couple of nights ago, I don't know if they could have put on the same performance. It wouldn't have been far off. They yeah. just haven't yeah. lost, lost that it. much. No, there's, I, I believe you 100%. Like, obviously, I was not born in the 80s. I was not even a, a thought in the 80s. But um, it's just one of those things where it's like, if you told me that it's like, they sounded pretty much the same in the 80s, I would believe you because they sounded really good. Saddest part of the concert for me was uh, the song Armageddon it because in the song um, he would say Steve yeah, you know come on Steve yeah Steve Clark uh, who R.I.P. Uh, Steve Clark uh, but uh, he said something like come on guys or something like that in in the set instead of Steve but uh, it was uh, you know because hysteria I actually got to see Steve Clark play yeah. So nothing against Vivian Campbell. I think he does a great job. Uh, so uh, anyway, that was uh, it, it. Was truly a great show. Um, and all right, best song of Def Leppard. Okay, so we have to take "Pour Some Sugar on Me" out because that was the uh, best one. Yes, it was. That was the best. That was the best song of the concert. Yes. So we can't include it. Because it, it's a gimme. Like, like you could, like I think people not in the stadium would agree. Like the people standing <laughs> in the bars, like the rooftop bars, they're probably like, that was a good song. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> they probably weren't. They probably weren't even watching. They're like, no, 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 that one slapped. Um, uh, but so, so for all you wondering, pour some sugar on me is the best one. However, I'm going to give it a tie between uh, God's of War and Rocket. Ooh. I uh, uh, Gods of War is pro- I probably technically enjoyed more, but since that was also part of like the big encore at the end, uh, if we're counting songs from earlier in the show, Rocket also really killed it. Yeah, Rocket did kill it. Um, okay, uh, probably Gods of War. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know they call the Beatles the British the British invasion, and for me it was Def Leppard. I mean that's fair too. <laughs> Man. Also, uh, I would like to like I would like to commend uh, that um, uh, Rick Allen actually wore headphones the entire time with while the he, Union Jack on. Yeah, it. yeah, while he was playing the drums, he's like, you know what? I want to protect my hearing, and the rest of the drummers are like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or they had like tiny little inserts. Yeah. Or something, even but, still, though, I don't yeah. know if I'd trust that. I, I, I'd be like, no, 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 full protection, <laughs> please and thank you. Um, but yeah, so and you know, even back in the day. Even even back in the day, he uh, he used to wear like Union Jack sleeveless shirts or something. But, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, great, great show. All right, ten scale. Oh, easy ten. Yeah. Easy ten. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That that's my new stand. Like that's the one I'm going to start comparing uh, the concerts I go to too. Okay, it has to be a nine for me because I saw them because in you the eighties the and that yeah. was a ten. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but otherwise I would have said 10 because man, they were good. Anybody listening to this, if you, if you think that some of the old groups can't rock, 
nine times out of ten, yeah, maybe you're right. You would be wrong if you thought that about Def Leppard. They were, they, yeah. I, w- I would recommend that show to, even if they'd only heard one Def Leppard song in their life, I'd be like, you want to go see Def Leppard? They'd be like, I only know one song. I'd be like, don't care. Go see him. Yeah, it just amazing. So, uh, okay. So then we had another setup and it was finally, uh, what? so we went into Motley Crue at about 93 degrees-ish? Uh, you, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, um, and, and this is, by the time they started, it was 9.30 at night. Yeah. So pretty dark by then. Yes, pretty dark by then. And also that that helped my enjoyment of Def Leppard because it was dark enough I could see the monitors and everything. Yeah. It was great. So anyway, uh, we're on the Motley Crew. All right. Um, I saw Motley Crew. well, sort of saw Motley Crew on the Dr. Feelgood tour, Faster Pussycat open for him. Um, so on the Dr. Feelgood tour, I was sitting behind the stage and they were not playing in the round and above the lighting behind a giant ass stone column. The only person I could see the entire time was Tommy Lee and, uh, the sexy dancing girl. Most of the time, once in a while, one of the other band members had run to where I could see him, but I saw the laser show in reverse, uh, but it was still a good concert. I liked the Dr. Feelgood album. I really felt like Motley Crue kind of got back to more of its Shout at the Devil days than it was for Theater of Pain and, girl, and Girls, Girls, Girls. So I enjoyed the concert. Um, so once again, having seen them before, uh, went into this. And uh, so let's talk about the music first. First of all, they were louder than any of the other acts by a factor maybe, of three. Maybe combined. Yeah. Uh, so I was actually talking to you guys after Def Leppard was over. I was telling, I'm like, so I'm like, I felt Joan Jett like mostly like, like she was like vibrating my head. Uh, poison was like my upper rib cage. Like I was reverberating by the time we got to Def Leppard. I think Motley Crue wanted to shake me out of my chair. Yeah. They yeah. were loud. So, and not only were they loud, the instruments were so much louder than the vocals. Yes, jacked unreasonably, except not unreasonably. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. So we, um, now we, so, uh, Nikki six still killing it. Uh, Mick Mars. Yeah. So, and Tommy Lee, glad to see him back behind the drums. Tommy Lee. Such an entertainer. Was Maybe the most impressive performer I saw all night. I could have just watched him the whole show. Yeah, so he good. was amazing. He didn't stop moving. Man was on those drums. The I don't know how he didn't sweat an arm off. He was <laughs> unbelievable to watch. Yeah, he was he incredible. Was, he was really good. And the um, so the the thing about Tommy is if you see some of his older acts. The biggest one he did was the drum cage. And I think that was Girls, Girls, Girls. They He, he was in this rectangular drum cage on hydraulic arms, and it would raise it up and then push it out over the over like the people in the front rows, and it would tumble. And he was strapped into his seat drumming while that thing was just rolling around like a, like a carnival ride. So that was pretty cool. When I saw him uh, on the Dr. Feelgood tour... He had this like little cart that kind of ran around the ceiling and he had lights on the bottom of it and everything. And he drummed. And as soon as he was done with his solo, he got up and he was, you know, like waving to the audience and everything. And then he 
fell. And the whole audience was just like, <gasps> and, then, and then he was a doing, he was on a bungee cord. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but it was good to see him. And he's still such an entertainer. He didn't really have one of those big gimmicks. And I wonder I'm, if it's I'm not, not because sure of the if they had room here. on stage right, right. for his kind of gimmicks. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but like I said, Tommy was great. Mick Mars was great. Uh, and, uh, Nikki six, uh, he's just so creative. Um, so let's talk about Vince Neil. Bless his heart. <sighs> he was, he was trying, uh, man's voice is gone. He sounds like Mike Tyson. If Joe Elliott sounds like Joe Elliott, then Vince Neil is Vince Neil from like two universes to the left. Yes. Uh, he's, uh, first of all, I mean, and this is, this is me talking. He's overweight. and he he looked like a toad trying to shed his skin and not only not only were i in my opinion and i think you agree the instruments so loud they were drowning out his vocals because he can't sing anymore they were they jacked up the instrumentals a hundred percent so they could overcompensate for him losing his voice and even when the cameras was they were going from person to person to person, showing them on the monitors. They would show the other three and then like an instant of Vince Neil. And then it was to the sexy girls, which I didn't mind so much, but he was not getting screen time and he was not being allowed to use his, his instrument, which is his voice. Yeah. And he was, and he sounded, and he, when you did hear him, he sounded like even maybe, like early, like in the early, like like still like it shouted the devil. I'm like, okay, yeah, he like you can still kind of hear him because mm-hmm. that was pretty. Early, but half, but halfway through, his voice was already it was already going. Yeah, and that's too bad because uh, in the early days, shouted the devil, um, even theater pain, um, and especially like um, too fast for love. They're the first album that sounded like they recorded it in somebody's basement. Yeah, um, his voice was just raw. And it was so metal, so good. And, um, you know, it got a little more, a little less raw around Theater of Pain. Girls, Girls, Girls was just a commercialized album. Um, it wasn't even bad when he did Dr. Feelgood. But, man, he, if they could get a, if they could get a singer to even sound close to the old Vince Neil, they could tour without Vince Neil and still make a ton of money. Because the rest of the act was good, at least I thought so. I, oh yeah, like I I en- I enjoyed their showmanship. They had the best uh, lighting and stage presence by far, um, and they actually played with the light trusses and like the fog machines and stuff. They got statues from nowhere. Yeah, how about that? Uh, I don't know where they came from, but so, there were no statues, and then there were statues in places there weren't statues. So the the stage was not empty; it had stuff on there. But then all of a sudden out of nowhere stage went dark and when it came to where you could see on stage again there were giant ass statues of like oh yeah and i'm not talking women. like human-sized statues i'm talking like as tall as the stage as to- yeah as tall as the backdrop to the stage they were huge and we're just like where did they come from <laughs> so my my theory is inflatable but how they were in the blackout for 10 seconds yeah they had that's, to, that's the most hardcore inflatable technology i've ever seen <laughs> if they're inflatable so uh but yeah, so their stage show was great. Uh, I think that um, 
well, we'll get into the technical part later. So anyway, it's unfortunate that Vince really brought their performance down. I will say this though. He finished the show. The, the audience did carry him most of the way because most of the people knew the songs. Um, but, um, you know, at least he didn't fall off the stage drunk or, or leave halfway through or some of the oh, other God, shenanigans. No, he was that there he was. the whole time. So, uh, you know, credit for, uh, you know, him giving it a go. But, um, yeah, just, uh, especially after Def Leppard being so good. Yeah. For me, it was a letdown. Uh, I, I will give credit though. Uh, I said Motley Crue had the highest energy song in the house. Girls, girls, girls brought down. I, I don't know if you saw how crazy some of the people were getting. I don't know if you were just watching the stage. My favorite part was there was a dude. He was still technically in the stands, but he was pretty close. He had a folding chair, like just like one of the white folding chairs. (laughs) I missed that completely. You told me. And he's raising it above his head. He's wasted off his ass by this point. I don't know how he's able to hold it without dropping it. But he was like, yeah, girls, girls, girls with this chair. And, like, he was the only one with the chair. But I guarantee you, if everyone else in that row had had chairs, they would have been doing the same damn thing. And so would have everyone on the field. That song brought down the house. So uh, was that your favorite song of their set? No. um, I liked their Sex Pistols cover. Oh, yes. Anarchy in the UK. Yeah, that was, um, so it's funny because they did covers on almost all of their albums, like Smoking in the Boys Room and that kind of thing. If we're counting their original stuff, though, Shout at the Devil was my favorite from this concert. Okay, Shout at the Devil was definitely in the the top ones for me. Um, So, but I've got to give it to Home Sweet Home. Yeah. Even though Theater Pain was not my favorite album. Uh, Home Sweet Home is a classic off of that album, and they had everybody light up their the lights on their cell phone and sing Home Sweet Home. That was really cool. That was really fun. I enjoyed that. So, uh, not the highest in, now highest energy for me. Uh, probably Kickstart My Heart. Kickstart My because everyone knew that was going to be the end song, so they yeah. were all jamming out. I was jamming out. That that's my favorite Motley Crue song. Yeah. Uh, but I I think I just um, like I said. Uh, during uh, Shout at the Devil, that was like the second song they did. Like yeah. Vince Neil's voice was still kind of there for a second. Like they were, I felt like that was the one where the band was like most cohesive of yeah. like their like big hits. I agree. So I, I had to give it to that one. But honestly, like I said, their Sex Pistols cover really blew me away. That's not a song I ever thought I'd hear in concert. So, um, so, uh, all right. Now, uh, overall rating uh, seven. Uh, I almost gave it an eight just for Tommy Lee, but I don't think it got quite got there. I'm giving it a six. Yeah. And because if I gave Joan Jett a seven, this is a six. Yeah. The, because for me, Joan Jett was a better act overall. Yeah. That now, now if you ju- if you just took, uh, you know, uh, Vince Neil out of the equation, it would have been a much higher rating. Because like I, you know, you 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 mentioned that it's it was just so much higher energy. The stage show was great. It really looked good. Uh, the the vocals just brought it down for yeah, me. I would have rather seen Joan Jett twice than to see... Uh, I mean, I would have listened to Joan Jett sing Molly Crew. Yeah. <laughs> there you she, go. She could have gone on for Vince yeah. Neil. I think she could have pulled it off. I would have listened to her sing Girls, Girls, Girls. All right, now, uh, why don't we real quick run over uh, the technical stuff? So, uh, which show did you find to be the most technically fun to watch? Was it Motley Crew? 
So Molly Crew um, did the most with their stuff. I liked what they did with the lasers, and I think technically it ended up being the most fun to watch just because they moved like elements of the stage around so much. However, if you ask me to pick which one I would rather see at a rock concert, I would actually probably say Def Leppard. Yeah. Because that felt quintessential rock show to me. Like, there wasn't... Uh, now, obviously, as a theater person myself, I, I I appreciate Motley Crue's dedication to the theatrical elements they put on stage, the statues, the moving sure. trusses, the lasers, mm-hmm. what have you. And they did a really good job with it. Obviously, they'd done it a million times before, so it looked really good. But if you're just going to a rock concert and you just want lights that are going to blind you and the people on stage and uh, have a flash and trash good time, it was the Def Leppard did it almost quintessentially good. So. Yes. So, so here's why Def Leppard gets my nod. It was the it was the sound. Yeah. The 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 whoever does their sound mixing knows how to mix sound. Yeah. And it wasn't like the guitars were so overpowering or the voice was so overpowering. And it, like when Joan Jett was playing, you could tell whoever did her sound, either it was early in the concert and it was the same person, so they hadn't figured their stuff out yet. Or it was someone else, and I think it must have been someone else. I think they all have their own sound people. I think they're all big enough that they'd have their because own Because I could hear the the speakers from the stage hit me after the monitors that were closer to me. And so was, I was almost getting her voice twice. And then that wasn't as bad during Poison. It still was a little... It was completely clean during Def Leppard. Completely clean. It was It was like there was only one set of speakers, and you were, that's what you were hearing it from. And nothing overpowered anything else. I thought they did a really clean job of it. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I still think they all had different sound people. I don't think you get to be a band that big and not have your own sound mixers. I would agree. But uh, unless you're at, like, a stadium where, like, a like a really, like, top-tier stadium where they have, like, their, like, on-staff sound mixer people who just know the stadium so well. Yeah. But if you're doing, like, a stadium tour, I, I 100% believe you bring your own sound people. I'm, I'm sure that's probably true. Also, that was at least a $6 million setup on stage, lighting, sound, oh, everything. I would say so. And, and including the lasers out in the field and the trusses out there, it was probably more. Yeah, they definitely spent some they, money. They spent some money. It's almost like if you're a well-renowned rock group, you can spend money on your nice shit. So I would say that um, I enjoyed Def Leppard's the most. I will give Motley Crue um, the, the second spot there, though. Oh, for sure. Then Poison, then Joe Jett. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, so, uh, concert ends and, uh, we're all just freaking dead. I mean, literally six and a half hours inside this stadium, just cooking and, and rocking. And so good concert, uh, actually got out of the parking garage in good shape, made it, you know, made it back to Collinsville quick and went to the Waffle House. We didn't stay at the Waffle House very long. So we found out there was a 45-minute wait at the Waffle House because they, they only had three booths that they were seating people at. I, I was pretty exhausted, but I'm pretty sure I looked over and I'm like, I'm not staying here for 45 minutes. <laughs> so what did we do? We get in the car. We go over to Denny's. And wait 35 minutes instead. <laughs> to be completely fair to Denny's, I think we only waited 30. I yeah. think they shaved five minutes yes, off. Probably. That said, it was still half an hour yeah. for, before we. So then we uh, then we actually got our, our food and went back to the hotel and crashed. Yeah. 
So at that point, I was like, "Do I need to eat? Can I just sleep?" Um, and we were wiped. I mean, next day, going home, I was practically a zombie, and slept. I don't know six hours anyway. But I, I was so dehydrated and so freaking wiped. I think I'm still my, dehydrated. Yeah, I've been drinking. Rough. Uh, I'm yeah. I, I still feel like I'm a little zapped from it, yeah. but uh, get, getting better all the time anyway. Um, so had a great time. Oh yeah, no, I had a blast. But uh, no, it was. I don't know if I'll ever go to a longer concert than that. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, single tear. I lost my Blues championship hat at the stadium. <laughs> uh, I took it off and set it in the seat bes- between me and your mom and. I was putting like water bottles in there and uh, we had emptied out everything and I did not pick up my hat when I left. <laughs> You're just like, bye hat. I'm so sad. <laughs> hat gone. Uh, uh, so sad. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that just means that some hardcore blues fans are like, hey, hey free, free hat. hat. <laughs> Almost like we're in St. Louis and someone's definitely going to steal that hat. Yeah. Well. I uh, hope they enjoy it. Um, so what else do we need to talk about? Um, great, great concert. Uh, was it worth a two-year wait? Uh, probably. Probably. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, also, I'm just excited to be able to go to concerts again. That's nice. Yeah, that's always good. Um, I, I went to see two cellos three months ago. Four, four. Three, three March, and a half. March, right? Yep, three and a half. Late March. Um, and they were they put on a really good show. Don't get me wrong. I've seen them twice, and since they're on their farewell tour, I'm never going to see them again, and that's fine. I'll be sad about it. They didn't do Barracuda like I wanted them to. Uh. It's okay. I'm fine. But, um, and like I said, they put on a really good show, and they actually use a lot of the same elements in their show that these rock, con- like these hardcore rock concerts use in theirs because they're two guys sitting there with cellos, so their stage shit has to be awesome. Yeah. They've got the video walls. They had pyrotechnics. They had fire. They were like, we're gonna, we're just gonna have fire explosions and also fun lighting and also these video walls and all that fun stuff. But, I, uh, <laughs> but they're just two dudes playing cello and rocking out. Um, my voice still isn't back, by the way. I can uh, it's tell. It's probably a little bit raspy um, because of all the screaming that I did. Yeah. Um, oh but, yeah, by Motley Crue voice gone yeah. i sang anarchy and i shouldn't have been singing anarchy and then i was like we're done i i don't remember which song it was that i was singing along with and my voice kind of squeaked and i'm like okay i'll be done singing now because <laughs> i was gonna be done after Def leopard was done i'm like i don't care i and then i sang shout at the devil and i'm like maybe now i'll be done and then the sex pistols cover came out i'm like you're gonna kill me <laughs> yeah so my voice is still a little raspy but uh, getting better all the time. Um, so yeah, it was definitely worth the wait, and probably worth the wait even more because I heard that two years ago Vince was really having problems. Like I said, you know, yeah, quitting halfway through shows and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So uh, at least he was able to get his shit together a little bit before um, before he came. So all right. So overall, so we we've ranked each act. And, um, my Joan Jett is seven for me, eight for poison, nine for Def Leppard, really bordering on 10 and then a six for Motley Crue. Yeah. I had seven Joan Jett, seven Motley Crue. And that's pretty much only because of Tommy Lee, not going to lie. Mm. Um, 
and then uh, eight for poison. Wait, did I say seven for Joan Jet? I meant eight. Eight for Joan Jet and poison. Seven for Motley Crue. Ten for Def Leppard. There you go. And so, all right, overall concert rating. Uh, eight. Yep, I'm giving it an eight. Um, it was it was really good. Also brought down a little bit by how hot it was, not going to lie. Maybe if it had been like a reasonable day, we could have given it a nine. It yeah. was 100 degrees oh, all day geez. long. Uh, it was just brutal. Did I mention how freaking hot it was? It was, it was hot. It was, we peeled <laughs> clothes off ourselves when we left. I don't know how people went to the bathroom four times and didn't want to die. I don't know how they were able to go to the bathroom. I drank over a gallon of fluid well, and did not pee. Some of them were real drunk. Um, I definitely saw a lady throwing up when I went in there once. Um, it was great. Probably from heat exhaustion. Yeah. She definitely had a beer in her hand though. Jeez. Uh, but there was, uh, so actually during that same bathroom trip, it was so funny. Uh, this was, oh God, was it right after Joan Jett, right after Poison? First half of the show. Doesn't matter. This lady, she said, she's like, man, all these people need to put deodorant on. I'm like, ma'am, you're incorrect. The, every single one of these people put a shit ton of deodorant on and it did not, not matter. matter. <laughs> and she's like, and she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I'm like, yeah, you, you, wait till we're done. <laughs> and then it will be worse. It's, uh, it would not matter. We were in the shade most of the time. The end of my nose is still cooked. I, mean, I didn't get sunburned. I, and I don't know how. I'm real pasty right now because I work in a theater every single day with no windows and I have, I normally I get decently tan in the summer if I spend any time outside, but I didn't burn somehow. It's a miracle. And I also like how they cleaned up all of the, the merch used to, you'd stand in line. You're like, how much is that shirt? How much is this one? No, not anymore. Now it's just 50 bucks. You roll up there and you want a shirt. It's 50 bucks. Yeah. Although to be fair, I was really hoping to find something that was like 35 because, and I feel like if I'd gone to any of these concerts as like a single entity, they would have been $35. But they're like, you know what? This is a stadium tour with right. four big acts. We right. can sell every shirt for 50 bucks. You know what? I would give them credit for being that smart, but they're not. Here's well, They're not. Their marketing people are. No, the marketing people are idiots. The marketing people should know how old the fan base, the real fan base for these groups are and have freaking five and six X shirts available instead of like three and lower. I mean, to be fair... They they were selling out of everything though. It's yeah, but okay. Why do you have smalls available and large available and no big shirts available? Because you should have like quadrupled the number of those. Look at the demographic for your old fan <laughs> base the right demographic now. I mean, Jesus Christ. But anyway, I didn't need a shirt anyway. So uh, and we were talking about below. Uh, I wore the lightest stuff I had. A, my, a thin blue shirt and and just some elastic blue shorts and footy socks and uh, tennis shoes. That was it. That st- I could have wrung that stuff out by the time I was done. Oh, for sure. I wore sandals. I wore sh- I wore like short shorts. Like I've got a pair of shorter jean shorts, and they're not necessarily like short shorts on me. But I feel like on anyone like even slightly larger than me, they would be. Um, and I wore like a very light shirt. Didn't matter. Didn't matter one bit. And I was like, you know what? All right. This is fine. I'm just going to live with it. These jean shorts are soiled forever uh, because they're drenched in sweat, and that's fine. Well, but anyway, regardless of the weather and, um, and you know, uh, being let down by uh, my boy Vince Neal, uh, 
I, I really enjoyed it. I I would do it again. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Not I, tomorrow. No. <laughs> I need to I don't even I don't even want to go back to work tomorrow, but yeah. I already took an extra day off cuz I knew I was going to be dead today and I was right. So yeah. There's just too much heat, so um anything else to add before we I, before we call it a podcast? Uh, I don't I don't think so. That's that's pretty much what I had. All right. Well, hey, thanks for taking the time to do this with me and as always I um, enjoy getting together and doing this with you. We certainly need to sit down and do a few more. Yeah, we uh, we're never going to finish Mass Effect months. It's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't worry about it. We'll we'll get there eventually. Uh, but uh, yeah, until next time. Uh, so I am the past, and I'm the prologue, and we will talk to you all later. See y'all next time.